freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 340 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the Arizona governor's race, and our guest is Carrie Lake. Carrie is a former anchor for Fox 10 News in Phoenix, who became a symbol of truth and journalism when she walked away from the mainstream media despite being number one in the ratings for more than two decades. Now she's running for governor of Arizona on a platform of common sense, conservatism dedicated to individual liberties, low taxes, limited regulation, and protecting Arizona's great Western heritage. You're hired. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome to the show, Carrie. It is so good to be here finally, Cheryl and Dan, after we met, I think it was a couple months ago, and we uh, were talking about getting together and doing the show. I'm so glad that day has finally arrived. Well, us too. And when I see the schedule you keep, I can't believe you even have this many minutes to sit down <laughs> in one place and chat with us. You are everywhere. I mean, I'm moving around. Tireless. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I am a hard worker and I want to get in there and, and turn this state around. I feel like we're kind of going off the rails in some ways and I'm going to work hard to win this because I care about this state for my kids. I'm worried about the future for my kids. So there's a little bit of a selfish reason in it, but I also want to make sure that we are the freest state in America. And, you know, if if I'm going to do something, I always pour my entire heart and soul into it and I will not be outworked. I will tell you that right now. I'm seeing evidence of that every single day. Um, So we are a national show. We like to talk about things from all states, but since we both live in the beautiful state of Arizona, uh, this is a wonderful and unique opportunity for us to talk with someone who is a citizen who is stepping forward to uh, put your hat in the ring and serve in this crazy and rough field of politics. And especially at a time when there's still so much unknown about the last election, right? Mm -hmm. Here in Arizona, we are the epicenter of trying to have a, the first time ever forensic audit of an election, which is a little shocking to me. Like, why aren't we regularly checking these kinds of things? Um, Right. But uh, what happens in one state really does impact others. And this latest election shows that. So with uh, the fact that we need to hire people with our votes who are constitutionally sound, constitutionally driven, um, what makes you uniquely qualified to be one of the 50 governors of our nation? <laughs> And I think one of the most important states, because uh, unlike Vegas, what happens in Arizona doesn't stay in Arizona. We, you know, we know what's happening at our border, people coming across our border that ends up going into all the other states. So, and I think we are a symbol of freedom and kind of the wild west out here. And I want to keep it that way. I was just thinking about the constitution uh, this morning, actually, and how it's, uh, we're seeing our rights just be pulled away from us. And, and it pains me, and, and I don't want to see this happening anymore. I was looking online on one of the social media you know, platforms this morning, and people who are just so okay with censorship, they're okay with um, being forced, uh, these mandates, forcing our children to have to mask up for 1,600 hours a, a year, school year, 
Meanwhile, the people who are uh, pushing those laws are out and about not wearing masks. We're just watching all of our freedoms being taken away. And I'm, I'm astounded that so many of my fellow citizens seem to be okay with that. However, I know there are many, many like myself and like you out there who are horrified by what we're seeing. We're seeing our constitutional rights being trampled and we are fighting back and we are not willing to let our constitution be torn apart. Uh, I am an absolute, an absolute constitutionalist and we need to get back to the constitution. It's real simple. If we follow the constitution, everything else kind of falls into place, but we need to get back to it. I'm running for governor against a bunch of other people that I call swamp creatures who are bureaucrats, they're, they're politicians who've been kind of recycled over and over again, 30 plus years in politics. On day one, they're going to owe 30 plus years of political favors. And I don't know any. I'm fresh, I'm clean, and I am doing this as a citizen politician, like Ronald Reagan said, and much like our founding fathers. They were not politicians. They just loved this country, and that's why they got involved. We need to actually have term limits and prevent some of this like career politician stuff that we've been seeing, because that's what's gotten us in to the position we're in right now. We have people who are in politics for decades upon decades, and all that matters to them is lining their pockets and protecting their special interests. And my only special interest is the people of Arizona. So I've been covering Arizona for 27 years. I know the ins and outs of this state. I know the people of this state and I know the issues of this state. And I wanna go in and clean up our state government. It's very corrupt. Basically we elect people in whatever party they come from, whatever uh, you know, Republican gets in there, the same machine is around them. And we need to look at that machine around the politician and make sure that the corruption is rooted out there. And that's what I intend to do. Absolutely, awesome. beautifully said. And, you know, I, I love how you said, you know, isn't it funny if we just go back to what our founders fought, bled, starved, and died to, to write down, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't things be just a whole lot simpler? You know, it, it's just funny Absolutely. that way. You know, and, and I, I just put a tweet out last week. I didn't think it would resonate with so many people, but I mean it. This, we wouldn't even have a country right now. I don't believe we'd have a country right now if it weren't for the Second Amendment. They are trying to pull our freedoms away. They're trying to disrupt the Constitution. And the Second Amendment is the only thing between us and this Constitution being pulled from us. And you look at what's happening in Australia right now. Have you been mm. following that? It's horrible. Yeah. It's it absolutely horrible. And South that's Africa. That's what they want to horrible. do, I think, to America. I mean, mm. right now in Australia, if you're vaccinated, you get an hour free time outside. They've got people stuck in their homes. Um, and a prison people, system. It's a prison system. And the people of Australia were disarmed. Remember when they were had their uh, rights taken away and they handed over all of their guns back in the 90s. I believe it was in the 90s. And look at what's happening. It is a cautionary tale. And yes. we will never let that happen here in Arizona or in America. Absolutely. Well, you pretty much answered the next question I had, which is, that our current Arizona governor, he's been lukewarm at best on our second amendment rights. Like he's done some things that are like, okay, that's solid. But then there's other things like he's in favor of uh, red flag gun laws there. He calls them stop laws here. And they are absolutely constitutionally trampling um, thinly veiled, thinly camouflaged gun confiscation laws. Yep. And you cannot be for the Second Amendment, for our Bill of Rights, and also for something like a red flag gun law. And um, I mean, you basically just said how you feel about the importance of protecting those rights. But um, would you expand on that in any way? You know, what scares me so much about those is that you can have anybody basically try to uh, turn you in for being unstable, or they can look back at your prescription history. And if you were ever on anything that would be deemed to be something that treated mental um, illness of any sort, you could have your weapons taken away. I am absolutely opposed to those. We have enough laws on the books right now. And we actually have laws that would keep somebody who's unstable from getting a gun. I don't think we need to add any laws. We probably need to look at the ones we have on the book books and see if any of them are unconstitutional and infringing on our second amendment rights and maybe remove a few. But look at Please. look at places like Chicago where they have so many laws. There are so many restrictions 
and look at the gun violence there. So you cannot, with a straight face, look at me, and I know you two wouldn't, but nobody out there can look at me and say gun laws will protect you because look at Chicago. The, the gun crime and the murder rate there is through the roof and they have the most restrictive gun laws, I believe, in, uh, in, of any state, of any city. They do, and they blame other cities and states for the reason. You know, they say that, well, the guns are coming in from these other states. Well, the other states aren't having those problems, if that's true. Go figure. So right. it's obviously, oh, what a mess. Yes, I don't know. I'm just I'm opposed to adding any any new gun laws. I don't think we need them. And I really uh, it, I would not sign any new gun legislation here in Arizona. We are a relatively free gun state. And thank God, a Second Amendment. We, we appreciate it and we respect it. And I don't want to see uh, any of our rights infringed upon when it comes yes. to the Second Amendment. Absolutely. And I appreciate you uh, saying that. I know that our listeners are would be particularly interested in that. But also I'm on the board, proudly on the board of the Arizona Citizens Defense League. The AZCDL is, you know, the watchman on the walls and the guard door, guard dogs in the legislature to look for bad laws trying to float through um, and help to write good laws. And, and you so have to keep your eye out because sometimes things get snuck in, right? Oh, yes. In absolutely. legislation that you go, that's not even pertaining to guns. And then you have to look in and go, wait. They're trying to yes. add something here. Yes. So we need eyes and ears like yours and uh, and your group. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate that. So uh, in July, something I thought was particularly exciting happened, and, and you had to have been excited yourself. Uh, there was a turning point action event happening here in Arizona, and one of their speakers was a guy, you know, maybe some of our listeners have heard of him. His name is President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> He was here speaking and we weren't in town. We were actually in Oklahoma visiting family, happened to have the TV on, happened to have it on the right station. And at the right moment, President Trump stood up and he said, hey, we've got a bunch of gubernatorial candidates here in the audience. Let's have them stand up. And uh, yours was the second name called and the place went wild. Like, I think I clocked the applause at uh, close to a minute, maybe a minute and a half, something like that. It was, it was insane. And President Trump was taken aback on the stage. He said, wow, holy, you know, like he was really, uh, and I think it probably takes a lot to impress a man like President Trump with the huge crowds he draws and the enthusiasm that he garners. And that had to have been a big moment for you. Did it, did it resonate with what you already believed the groundswell of support was happening for you or what was that moment like? Oh, I just, I get like um, goosebumps when you talked about it there. It was really amazing. I, I, I know the people of Arizona, trust me, they invited me into their homes for 27 years and I, they know me and I, I feel that I know them. And I think the way I walked away from my career in the media, walking away from a huge paycheck, from a successful career where I was still number one and doing really well, I think that showed that I have integrity, a lot more integrity than the average person. And I believe that Arizonans respect that. So when I went out before that, earlier in the afternoon, I, I delivered a speech. All of the gubernatorial candidates had an opportunity to deliver a speech. And the applause was um, just amazing. It was so loud and it went on for so long that even though I had a short speech, I was only able to deliver about a third of my speech because the applause was going on for so long. So I already knew that I, I had gotten a wonderful reception earlier in the afternoon. I didn't expect the same thing when the president got there. I figured the crowd was a little tired by then. So when the president said my name and I got that response, it was like the doors got blown off the place. Um, it felt really good. And, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but I was um, a week ago today, actually, I was in um, New York City. The president invited me to Trump Tower to meet with him. I saw and that on your Instagram. Thing, yeah, the first thing he mentioned when I walked in was that applause that I received during that turning point rally. So he did take notice. He definitely noticed that uh, reception I received from the people of Arizona. Well, that is it seems, awesome. 
it seems like a little bit of a, a mutual admiration going on there because I've heard you speak very positively of, of President Trump and his time in office and what he was able to do with the four years he was in. And then for him to then return that favor to, you know, give you that little extra, um, you know, attention and commenting uh, during the turning point event, and then to, to meet with you at his office in New York. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That was great. Well, we, we had a half an hour meeting scheduled. It went about an hour and 15 minutes. So it went very well. I'm, I am a, an enormous fan of President Trump. Ever since he came down the escalator, I remember I was a, a journalist at the time. And of course, journalists have opinions, but mm -hmm. I always try to be very careful and keep things fair when I was reporting. But as a, as a citizen, I, I loved President Trump. He was the first president of my adult life yes. that I feel put the American people first yes. and put the working class, the, uh, the working class man first. And it was so refreshing. And I remember watching when he came down the escalator and then in the weeks and months preceding that. And then of course, during his presidency as my, you know, the people in the media around me were just losing their minds over him. They were just so appalled. Like how dare he, uh, you know, a regular citizen become a right. politician and, and lead. And that's how it was meant to be, right? That's what our founding fathers envisioned. So I have always loved President Trump. I was so excited when he started his candidacy. And I really enjoyed watching him as he took down all those other rhinos and establishment types um, back when he was running initially, back in 2015. Absolutely. And, you know, he, he isn't perfect on the Second Amendment himself, because when the red flag law was was floated around the time, in fairness, it was around the time of um, the Parkland, Florida high school right. murders. And, you know, he's a he's a pragmatic guy. So I think he was just thinking in terms of pragmatism and and then realized after he had said, well, you know, maybe this is this red flag law is something to think about. Um, he he realized that we do need to protect our our fourth amendment, our sixth amendment, like all the amendments that the red flag laws trample. But I think that's, that's part of, of serving in any capacity is realizing that we're not perfect people. We're going to, you know, make a misstatement or a misstep or something somewhere. But overall, when you look at the, the body of work of a person's life, that tells you their character and that tells you what they're truly about. And so I get some pushback and some, some flack from some of my real, really staunch pro 2A people saying, well, Trump wasn't perfect. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you live in a glass house, keep throwing those stones. <laughs> yeah. He's, he was pretty close to perfect. When you take everything he's done, I think, uh, as a president, I can't think of anybody who stacks up. I think Ronald Reagan was right up there as well, but, um, you know, he, he, I think he was just an amazing president and I hope to see him in the white house again. Boy, you and me both. Um, well, speaking of that, so you're going to be the next governor of Arizona and what do you think are <laughs> going to be your key issues that you're going to have to face? When yeah, you get good there? question. Well, you guys mentioned it in the introduction, um, this audit, this forensic audit. When I spoke to the president last week, Obviously, he's very concerned. We, we really can't get on to election integrity until we figure out what exactly happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. And we need to take what we learned from this forensic audit, which I believe is being done uh, in a really great way. I, I think they are work a very professional way. And people on the right and left are attacking this forensic audit. It's appalling what they're saying. They're just trying to discredit it. And I think they've been doing a really good job. I know a lot of people who've been down there who were volunteering. They were had background checks run on them. You could not move or touch a ballot without having three people sign off on it. There were cameras all over that place. It was done incredibly well. So well, in fact, that many other states, communities, and counties are now looking at doing audits and they are modeling them after Arizona's forensic audit. So we have to figure out what went wrong in 2020, and we need to remedy that. We need to remedy that. If we find out that the election went the other way, we need to take action immediately. We can't wait. We can't wait and go, oh, oh, well, okay, well, I guess we'll just, you know, wash our hands of it and, and get better next time. If this election was proved to be fraudulent, if this election was proved to be stolen, we need to remedy that. And then we need to take every single thing we learned from this audit and we need to fix our elections. We need to be the best run elections 
in the entire country here in Arizona and be the model for everybody else to follow. And that will be priority number one, to make sure we have the best run elections and that if we were to do a forensic audit and just pick a, a location, a precinct, and randomly do forensic audits, that the exact vote count we get during that audit would be what we told the citizens of our state on election night. So they match up perfectly. I want to make sure we have great, secure, safe, fair elections here in Arizona. And then from then, I have a long list of things I want to talk about and I want to change. I want to um, work on our water policy to have a very strong water policy. We can't just hope and pray for rain. I want to look at desalination. And there are ways to do that where we could actually pump water into Arizona because let's face it, our state is growing. And unless we decide to put a wall up around our entire state, it's going to continue to, to uh, grow. And speaking of walls, we need to finish the wall at the border <laughs> and make uh, border security mm -hmm. a top priority. We can't have hundreds of thousands of people uh, roaming across our border. Many of them are drug smugglers. Many of them are criminals. And we're watching human smuggling go on right before our eyes. And we're sitting back and our government is doing nothing to stop it. They've handed over and ceded all control to the cartels, the criminal cartels in Mexico are running our border. Just let that sink in for a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can keep going. Do you want me to keep listing some more of my uh, main main issues? I, I, Please do, because education. the voters are, are wanting to know. They're going to have uh, decisions to make, and they're, they're going to want to know where each person stands on each issue. And these look, are these are very important. And education, oh my gosh, yes, what is that's happening it. in the education world right now? And I'm not even listing all these in, in the list of importance. They're all important to me. Yes. We need to overhaul K through 12. We've yes. seen what's happened in the last couple of years. We've been seeing what's being taught to our children. CRT, racism, a bunch of garbage. And what I'm hearing from people who own businesses, people who run industries, the ag industry, uh, the mining industry, all of the industries here in Arizona, the tourism industry, they are not enough employees. There's not enough workers. People don't want to come to work. And I think it's because they don't feel they have the skills. We should be able to get out of high school and be ready to take a job and get on with our life. We've got to get uh, out of this mindset that you have to go to get a four-year college degree. Mm -hmm. If our kids are taught properly and our teachers and our schools use the time that our children are at school, mm -hmm. they can be ready for a career right out of 12th grade. Their senior mm -hmm. year of high school, they graduate and they get out and they can start working and they can make a great living. I was talking to a man who owns several businesses. He says that his starting pay is between 60 and $80,000 full benefits and working in a great environment, you cannot find people to do mm. the work because there's just not an appetite to do the work. The people aren't trained to do the work. So we need to really overhaul K through 12 and not put everybody on this track to go into and get a four-year mm -hmm. college degree. So many of those degrees we know are worthless. Mm -hmm. It just puts somebody hundreds of thousands into debt and they end up working at the Starbucks trying to pay off their college debt. It's crazy. We have to change the way we think about education. And I think now is the time after what parents have been witnessing yes. and what we've been seeing happening in our schools, it's the time to completely overhaul how we handle education. Absolutely. And we have more eyes on education and on our school boards right now because mm -hmm. of the CRT, because of the masking, um, all of that than we've ever had in my lifetime. And so I think that, that parents are more engaged now than they have been in many years. And I think some of these changes could happen if we just stay focused on, you know, everybody's kind of got, you know, their red line issue for Dan yeah. and I, you know, we are the second amendment. That's our core issue, but we have grandchildren who are in the education system and we aren't blessed with the kind of finances to be able to afford pub, uh, private school. And so we have to do what we can within the public school sector and make it what we want it to be. Just like our nation, right? Individual citizens, shopkeepers, uh, farmers got together and formed this nation to be what they saw could be. Same thing can happen in, in the education system. And, and I really do hope. Yeah. And even people who don't have kids, I mean, we, we, we need to have people being churned out by our education into good citizens. 
yes. good citizens that can get to work. I think it's patriotic and it's our patriotic duty to go out and get a job right now because yes. so many businesses are struggling to stay yes. open because they don't yes. have the employees to do it. So I'm getting from a lot of people right now that their employer is trying to force them to do vaccines or lose yeah. their job. And my stance on that is if you want the vaccine, get it by all means, that is yes. your choice and you do it. If you do not want it, I don't believe you should allow your employer to force you to get it, to coerce you to get it in order to keep your job. And, and while I hate to tell people, hey, quit your job, I don't think you should quit. I think you should make them actually terminate you mm -hmm. because then you have a wrongful termination uh, you know, suit later down the line. Mm -hmm. But if you do leave your job, and, and I've been there, I mean, I left and walked away from a paycheck that put food on the table. I put my life into God's hands and I took a very scary step when I walked away with, uh, without a job. Absolutely. And um, so I know what that's like, but I had to do it because it was immoral. I felt the work I was doing was immoral and I wasn't willing to stay doing that. So I know what it's like to make a big decision, a tough decision where you don't know if there's a safety net for you. You're stepping out into the unknown. I do know what that's like, but I will say that I do think God is, uh, has us in his arms and, and can steer us in the right direction. And I will say there are so many jobs out there that you will be able to find another job. There are a ton of jobs out there that are unfilled right now. Absolutely. And I, I love how you, you made that point that you're speaking from experience. You know, this, it's easy if you're sitting back in a cushy job and you say, Hey, why don't you just, you know, to stand on principle and either get fired or, or, or quit your job, but you're speaking from a place of experience where mm -hmm. you've made the tough decisions. And when I think about, um, we have family members, one is pregnant. We have a pregnant family member who is being forced to Health take care. the vaccine Terrible. if she wants to stay in her job. And we don't even know what could happen to her or the fetus. And it's, it's a horrible decision to have to make. Um, and when I look at that and I look at, you know, other family members that the, a job is a job. It's not your whole life. Mm -hmm. Even if you have a career-based job, it's not your whole life. How many times do we switch jobs throughout our, our lives? And if we've made a permanent decision, like, you know, allowing something to be injected in our body so that we can keep this temporary uh, status of being employed in this place. I think that too often we do make decisions for what feels good today, rather than what do we ultimately want for the long term. Nobody wants to step into that uh, fear and 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 go through and work through it. Mm -hmm. It is very scary to say I'm leaving a comfortable job, one that pays well. You know, it's time to kind of brush up on your resume right now because I think you need to stand with your principles and and walk away with your integrity intact. And I'm getting the same thing with parents at schools that are going against what the governor is, um, it has ordered with, he's saying no mask mandates, but they're still enforcing them. They're asking me what to do. And I don't like to tell people what to do. I like to say, here's what I would do. Yes. If my child's school did that, I would pull them from the school. Yes. Hold them from the school. Oh, but it was such a hard school to get into and this, that, and the other. Okay. You just asked me what should you do? And you're not ready. But what I would do yes. is I would remove my child. I'm not going to make my child go through this sadistic theater with a mask mm. on their face mm. that doesn't work because it makes some administrator or bureaucrat feel good. Feel I'm not going to do it. I would right. rather um, teach my child at home. I would rather have them learn through uh, online. You know, you can, you can find those online courses my child's going to be a lot smarter and healthier at home learning with me than masked at school where he can't communicate properly. He can't hear his teacher. He can't have um, normal interactions with his classmates. So we we're at a time of making some tough decisions right now, and we haven't had to make tough decisions. It's been pretty easy for us Americans for a long time. We've been kind of almost with our head in the sand, and now our head's out of the sand. We're wide awake. We're seeing everything happen. and the decisions we're making now are not as tough as some that our ancestors had to make. When mm -hmm. they went off to war, they lost their lives. They gave up everything. We're being asked to make a decision whether we should stay in a job that's trying to take away our rights or leave. 
that's a survival survivable decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Beautifully said. Well, you think, you know, uh, six months ago, they were praising healthcare people. And now they're telling them that if they don't get the vaccine, they're going to lose their job. Yeah, selfish, well, if yeah. that many people walk out, they're not going to have healthcare. And there's right. other hospitals that take you that, that need help. So absolutely, I, I, think, I think it's a big right. game of chicken is what I think it is. <laughs> I like that. It's true. I think it's true. Well, and this- uh, once people start walking away, I, I actually was just reading somewhere this morning, somebody wrote a comment um, that their job had threatened to let everybody go and everybody said, okay, we're not doing it. And then they changed course and changed the, the uh, whole policy because they realized that they were going to lose the majority of the staff. So I do think in yes. some employers it's a big game of chicken what do you do you think that maybe the big government is also influencing these companies to make people get vaccines uh mandate maybe through some tax issues or something like that yeah I, i don't know who's really behind all this i think we've got these global corporate interests these multinational companies who seem to be pushing it we've got a lot of the sports um you know conglomerates pushing it I'm not seeing a lot of the small mom and pop businesses, those ones that I I really treasure pushing it. Thankfully, it just it seems like it's coming from a more global agenda. And I'm not sure exactly what's behind it. But, um, you know, my BS meter is kind of going off the charts right now. (laughs) When I hear a lot of these people speak and a lot of the bureaucrats and the Fauci's of the world. Now he's trying to equate it to the polio vaccine and it's just, it's crazy time that we're living in. I, I, as I say to my kids, I want off planet crazy and I want to get back to planet earth. Mm-hmm. Boy. And I'm, I'm hoping that when more people like yourself, citizens step forward and run for office and support people who are constitutionally minded and uh, normal earth minded, um, <laughs> you know, that, that we will be able to reclaim sanity. I I'm, praying that we're not so far gone that these things are not possible. I truly believe that they we're are not so far gone as long as we've got people like her. Absolutely. Well, we, we have a short period of time though, because um, I, I worry that we can even get to the next election. Things are moving so fast and so crazy with the current administration and what's happening. And we can't have these changes if we put another swamp creature in office. And I'm running against a bunch of them. It was kind of funny this weekend, I was at an event and one of the people I'm running against, uh, we all kind of gave a short speech. And I noticed that this person's speech has completely changed. And this person has adopted everything I've been talking about. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it's flattering, I guess. I and guess. I'm glad that this person is now talking about all these issues, because this is a person who actually was part of imposing some of these type of mandates and shutdowns mm. when he was a lobbyist over at ASU. Well, and, isn't that cute? <laughs> yeah. And so now all of a sudden, is opposed to the vaccine mandates and is opposed, which I'm glad I want everyone to be opposed to them because we shouldn't be forcing this on our, our fellow citizens. So we can't put a swamp creature in the governor's office and expect to get changes. The establishment is coming after me so hard right now with flat out lies. I now know what it feels like to be Donald Trump when the media was just throwing all kinds of mud against the wall, seeing what would stick and it was it was flat out lies. And it's it's hurtful because this is coming from the Republican Party. This is coming from the establishment side of the Republican Party. They're so worried about an outsider getting in there and them losing control. They will say literally anything, make up complete lies about me. It's really despicable. And I'm not going to put up with it. I'm going to start calling these people out and it's going to get painful for them as well. I will not sit back and watch them try to lie about me. I will go after them and I'm a fighter. I may, I may clean up well, but I'm the youngest <laughs> of nine children. And if you're the youngest child, you know that the minute you come out of your, you know, out of the womb, you look at your siblings and you go, that's my competition. And I can, I can fight with the best of them. And I'm, I'm not willing to let this state and let this country go without a huge fight. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for all that you're doing and, and bringing forward these kinds of conversations are so important. And the very fact that one of the people, uh, that is, you know, your competition for the gov, the next governor seat is changing their tune. Now, you know, do they, have they had a change of heart or are they just changing their tune? And that's for the voters to decide. 
right? right. Way, mm-hmm. way both sides and. I, I shouldn't out. even say it's competition because our, our polling data shows that we right. are just so far ahead. We we had some new polling done before I went to visit the president. We used his pollster, um, and we were at we're at close to thirty five percent of the vote right now. My next closest competitor is down at eleven. So yeah. they're going to spend the next year just lying, lying, lying about me and and doing smear you know campaigns against me. I heard they're already working on their attack ads. A full year out, they're going to start running attack ads. So. That tells you they're very nervous. But my competition is the left and the leftist who's running on the Democratic ticket, Katie Hobbs. Mm -hmm. She's the one who was in charge of our election, 2020 debacle. And we cannot let her. We cannot let that woman win. We need to put a Republican on the ticket, a conservative who can beat Katie Hobbs. And I'm telling you right now, the people who I'm running against on the Republican side, I don't think a single one of them has a chance to win in a general election. One of them already had a shot 20 years ago and lost to Mm -hmm. Janet Napolitano. The other one lost in 2020 to Katie Hobbs and now wants to turn around and run against Katie Hobbs again for for governor. And that person spent twice as much money as she did. I just, we've got to put somebody in on the ticket who can beat Katie Hobbs. Otherwise we will become one big sprawling liberal suburb of California. And, and then we'll all be packing up U-Hauls mm-hmm. and looking for a new state to live in. And I don't want to do that. I don't either. Uh, we've got deep roots here. I know you do as well. And um, a friend of mine the other day said something about Katie Hobbs running for governor. And I made a face and, and they said, no, I'm serious. And I said, well, you might be serious, but she can't be serious. Katie Hobbs cannot be serious running for governor with everything that's going on with the, what happened with the election under her watch. Absolutely not. And I'm the only candidate who publicly called for her to step down, recuse herself from this next election. I mean, think about it. She's running against us Republicans and all of the conservatives down ticket. She's already ruined and, and made a disgrace of our elections in 2020. And now she wants to run the 22 election. Well, she's on the ballot. I don't think it's fair. I don't trust her. And I'm not sure that um, she's going to walk away from this investigation of the 2020 with her reputation and name intact. So you're saying she is, she's in charge of our elections Mm -hmm. and she's on the ticket. Yeah. She's a secretary of state. How convenient is that? (laughs) Well, let me, me, you know, we've had secretary of states who are in charge of the election and they're running that's happened before, but none that have been so partisan. She, you have to remember she's, called the entire Republican Party, she basically compared us to Nazis, Trump Mm -hmm. supporters, Nazis. Mm -hmm. So now she's running against people who support President Trump, myself. She's compared people like me to Nazis, and she wants to run this election. She's far too partisan, and I I really don't trust her, and I don't think the people of Arizona trust her, and she should recuse herself from running this election that she is also running in. I couldn't agree more. Well, Ms. Carey, thank you so much for spending all of this time with us. Um, I would love it if you would tell folks how they can continue to follow the work you're doing, maybe help with your campaign if they are so moved, because campaigns take a ton (laughs) of work, which is manpower and also money. I assume you're taking donations. Um, So please tell folks how they can tap into all that you're doing, websites, social media. I would love to. to tell us. We're so fortunate because this is a grassroots movement. Nothing has, everybody I know who's in politics says they've never seen, there's never been anything like this in the state of Arizona. This is purely grassroots. There's so much excitement for our campaign more than a year out. If you drive through Arizona, and I've been driving around Arizona, there's Kerry Lake for governor signs in people's yards a, a year Everywhere. out. Everywhere. Everywhere. Most, most candidates have to beg people to put those in their yards. People are, are uh, you know, writing, calling, stopping by, getting yard signs. It's so awesome. It only took us three weeks to get enough signatures to be on the ballot. That's never been done in state history. It's amazing. Most people will be working to get names signed to the petition all the way until March and April of next year, and they have to pay for them. We've paid for zero. Now we're, we're still collecting signatures because we want to set a record for the most ever signatures gathered to be on the ballot. We have thousands of volunteers, more than most presidential campaigns would have, and we have more than 4,000 donors. That, is, that blows away the number of donors that uh, Doug Ducey had in his entire campaign, and we're only three months in. 
-hmm. So it's remarkable. Obviously, these aren't the big, huge donors that people like Doug Ducey had. These donors are smaller donors, uh, $100, $150 donors, but we appreciate every dollar and we're using it wisely. Um, we would love to have more donors. And if people want to sign up, even if it's, um, you know, five or 10 bucks a month, that helps. Even if it's a hundred bucks a month, if you can afford it, we need to get a conservative in the governor's office who will protect our rights, save our state and root out the corruption. And that's me. So carrylake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com is where you can sign up. You can see um, where I stand on all the issues. You can sign up to volunteer, you can get on our email list, or you can make a donation. And I never got any of Dan's gun questions. I'm, I'm shocked. That's okay. <laughs> you know what? I, I can tell that you're a pro Second Amendment. And Carrie, if, if I could just say one thing, I mean, I, every time I get on the radio, I try to bring this out because I just want the guy to know. But there's a governor in New Jersey that said mm. the Constitution was above his pay grade. Mm. I remember that. Yeah. How, I remember how, that. how does somebody like that still be, you know, then he should be fired. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, I think that was back when he was pushing all of this, uh, this garbage and torture on people uh, about a year and a half ago. And, and he, he probably knew that it was unconstitutional and he just got caught and didn't know what to say. But that's appalling. You're right. Mm -hmm. He should be run out of office for that. But, you know, in some of these blue states, they just keep winning. It makes you wonder if they should do some uh, election auditing in those blue states, because I believe the people in these blue states are really fed up with what's going on. I just had somebody reach out to me yesterday who's a friend. They've lived here in Arizona for three years. They have zero ties to California anymore. And they received in the general election, he and his, and his wife, California ballots were sent to their address in Arizona. They each got two ballots. Oh then in the recall election, they each got ballots. They have not lived in California for three years and they have absolutely, they don't have any business connections there. And uh, I posted that yesterday and the people in, uh, in, with the uh, California Republican party reached out and they're investigating that now. Okay, There's a lot of corruption going on in our elections. We need to get to the bottom of it and we need to get our elections under control in all 50 states, because I have a feeling we're gonna find out some of these blue states maybe aren't as blue as uh, we've been told. Right. I don't disagree with that at all. And I, uh, I know I need to let you go, but one more comment is I believe what I'm seeing with this grassroots swell of support for your campaign, it's not strictly deep red Republicans. I think what I'm seeing is people from all across the political spectrum where you've got liberals, you've got independents, you've got Republicans, I think you've, or conservatives, I think you've got um, people from all across looking and gaining, you know, excitement from the campaign you're running. Am I wrong about that? You're absolutely right, Cheryl. Um, we have a, a software program that looks at all of the donors. I said we have 4,000 of them. And our software program has determined that 92% of our donors have never given a political contribution before. That's astounding. People who are- percent Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds huge, but people who understand politics are blown away by that. We have people when they're signing our petitions, they'll write and say, you know what? I went online to sign the petition. I didn't see your name. And we say, oh, that must mean you are a registered Democrat. You have to register Republican and then you'll see my name. And they do. They're re we are registering Democrats into the Republican party in droves right now. The other candidates aren't doing that. But I'll tell you what, the establishment, they hear that. You and I say, this is amazing. People are stepping out of this, off the sidelines, getting into the game. They wanna take their state back and their country back. The establishment and the swamp creatures see that as a huge threat. They don't want the citizenry involved in politics. They want them gone. They want the MAGA movement gone because it is a threat to their existence in politics and it's a threat to their power. So rather than being excited about this, which they should be, they are intimidated and nervous about it. Hmm. And I think they they believe they can stop this train, but I don't think anything can stop this train. <laughs> I don't think so either. And uh, you know, it's, it's very telling that they're not also supportive of, of what you, because what have you said? What have you stated? What have you, um, you know, spoke about so far that goes against the constitution, nothing. Nope. And 
if, if these are elected officials who have given an oath, made an oath to protect this, then that is very telling if they are not uh, also supporting what you're, you're doing, what you're saying. Well, a lot of them are just the bureaucrats and a lot of them, it's the consulting class, the consultants, the political consultants in this town. Um, they're appalled that they're not part of this movement because we, we were very, uh, we wanted to make sure the people that were surrounding me and surrounding our campaign were not never Trumpers. They were not swamp creatures. And it's really hard to hire people in Arizona for a campaign that aren't swamp creatures. So we, we took great pains to try to make sure everybody in our uh, campaign is solidly pro-Trump, pro-America first. And now some of the lies they're putting out there, they're trying to tell people that I have McCainites running my um, campaign, which is the furthest thing from the truth. I always joke, I have such MAGA uh, supporters that one of them has a MAGA tattoo uh, on his lip. (laughs) On his lip? (laughs) On his inner lip. Oh, whoa. (laughs) I don't think that's a McCainite. No, sir. No, that's full commitment. um, The funny thing is the campaign that's spreading that lie is actually... Uh, the consultants are the McCain consultants. Mm. So they know that that is kind of a, a, a something that the voter is not not for in this state. Yes. And, and here they are. They are the McCain consultants. They're trying to say, I've got them and I don't. And, and they're the ones that everyone doesn't like. It, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I thought the media was corrupt and the media is corrupt. <laughs> yes. The world of politics is just as corrupt, maybe even a little bit more. Yes. Well, you are the right person at the right time to uh, take b- on both of those uh, huge uh, bullies, really. Yeah. So monsters, corrupt that. monsters. Absolutely. But I think that we're all here at the right time. I'm just, I'm the vessel, I'm the face, I'm the, uh, the person running, but I don't say my campaign, it's our campaign. It's the people of Arizona's campaign. And I don't care what they say about me. They can call me any name in the book. They can lie about me. They can say whatever they want. I don't care if my reputation is torn apart by their lies. I don't care if I'm bloodied, battered, and bruised. Mm -hmm. As long as at the end of the day, we save our constitution and we save this country, then I win. And that's all I care about. Because at the end of the day, when I meet my maker, I want to say I did everything I could to save this great country. I believe God is behind this country. I believe God uh, has a hand in our um, campaign. And if it's God's will, it will happen. Absolutely. Well, you said I win, but I think what you really mean is that we win. We win. (laughs) We win, right? Well, I guess what I'm saying is I personally, I know they're going to go after me and try to lie. You know, they did the same thing with President Trump. If at the end of the day, when I'm, when, when, uh, if they beat me and and bloodied me, if our constitution is still alive and our country is still alive, then, then I feel like I won. And I'm sure other people would say the same thing. And amen. All right, Miss Carrie, thank you so much for all that you're doing. We look forward to following your campaign and having you back on again. That would be great. I look forward to it. Let's let's plan it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, Carrie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. That was awesome. How could she not be our next governor? Because maybe the elections aren't secure or maybe people aren't going to be able to see her message because there's so much noise out there. There's, um, you know, on social media, do you think that that her messages aren't being in any way suppressed or shadow banned? And if they're not yet, they probably will be. The people that live in Arizona for a long time know her. Yeah, that's true. They know her. They know her face. They know her her values. And she's going to be fine. That's They're true. not going to be able to cover that up. That's true. Well, I so appreciate uh, Carrie Lake coming on, spending so much time with us, uh, talking about her campaign and everything that she is planning uh, for to as the, the campaign moves on and the election nears. And uh, thank you so much to all of our amazing listeners. You know, this is a sort of an Arizona-centric interview but yet it's not because this is a citizen who stepped forward to run for governor of her state. I hope this encourages people in every state to think about those opportunities. Where do you, you individually that I'm speaking to through this camera lens and, and through this microphone, 
Where do you have those opportunities in your sphere of influence to step out and either, you know, run yourself or even school board, right? Um, or to support somebody who you believe would really represent not just you, but our constitutional principles and honor the the work that was done by our forefathers and foremothers who fought, bled, starved, and died to pass along this precious and unique American inheritance to all of us. And you know, this is local. You're right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm interested in what's happening in Florida. Sure. DeSantis. Yeah. You know, and I also am interested in what's happening in California. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, California California is like... (laughs) My gosh, think about that, that people got ballots in Arizona to vote. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, now's the time to say goodbye to all our company. That might be trademarked. Don't do that. We'll get shadow banned. (laughs) Uh, We are, uh, if you like watching these shows on video, please go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. And with your pinky up, press the um, notifications button. Uh, if you uh, also are a fan of a, a very pro freedom YouTube like platform, Gunstreamer, you can find these shows on there on the Opslin smartphone app. You can find them. If you like listening to the audio only version, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab. And binge and- listens to your heart's content, darling. Beautifully said. Uh, if you want to see photos and bios and works from all of the guests that we've ever had on, click the guest tab. It is a tremendous resource and we don't hate it when you spend time there. All right. Until next time, what are we going to do? See you real soon. Pray for our nation. Yes. Pray for our leaders, even future leaders and future leaders, even maybe the ones you don't like so much. Right, Dan? Okay. (laughs) Especially the ones you don't like so much. Even that one? Even that one. Maybe especially that one. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.